we're going to be doing like the square root of the hypotenuse of my isosceles triangle with a base of one. Because I'll tell you, it's one uh, uh, cubed root. Oh no, sorry, one to the fourth root. Oh my god, I'm so glad to see you. It's been so long since we've been together on a show. I know, it's been a minute. I've been busy, you've been busy. But the good news is we have our friend Stigy, and Stigy is doing a zine. Or as, you know, what us hipsters like to read, because zines are fucking awesome, and they taught me how to have sex with people of my same disposition. So glad to have Stingy. you here. Stingy, so, so glad to have you. What's that, Stigy? My friend, Miss Miss Blue. <laughs> Miss Blue, Stingy and Blue. We are here today. We're gathered here today to speak on the horrendous events of the oh. world. And we would like to declare in transatlantic conversations the state of the world is bad. Oh, this is going to be a very cheery topic, I can tell. Yes, it is wonderful. We love talking about the things that that uh, cause us ill and suffering, because I think the more we talk about it, the more we can make a difference about it. So Nothing like uh, a holiday in somebody else's misery. That's right. Quote from no. I do enjoy a good misery now and then. Other people's suffering is sometimes delightful. Yeah, that's why I was working in BDSM. I I do like that. Yeah, like to plug your zine, please. I would love to plug my zine. Do you want to do an interview with me? I oh, need time. Oh my god! Yes, I think that would be Lucy. Do you think? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Interview me, mommy. Interview me. Like oh. just fucking interview me. Interview me now. Oh shit! I'd Make it spicy, love mommy. To. So. This is for uh, the Fort Wayne Fuck Off, a local punk rock zine about the bar and music scene and what the people of Fort Wayne, Indiana have on their mind. I have no mind, so I'm hoping to read this zine and gain some insight. Mm-hmm. And I've lost my mind. Zine me so. up, mommy. Zine me the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, um, you are the host of the Transatlantic Conversations podcast. That is correct on Spotify. Tell me how that happened. How'd that happen? I'll tell you very simply how that happened. So I would often spend my time over this past winter of 21 to 22, and I would, uh, I'd have conversations with the ocean. And through those conversations, my denial that I had on my gender identity kind of began to dissipate. And through those conversations, I accepted the truth of my transness. And uh, by embodying that and coming to terms with my gender identity, I found my my gift, my gift was writing and, and sharing with others. And I felt that if I were to put the two together, I could have a show and perhaps make a difference in the world. And so uh, around February, we sat down with a high profile figure there in a small state of Indiana. And we had a, we had ourselves a show and 
from there, we just started sitting down with people all across this country and we got ourselves two co-hosts and we've had such a wonderful time since, since we started. So it all started by uh, simply having uh, conversations with the Atlantic Ocean where I realized that I was trans. Trans-Atlantic conversations, if you will. So, Lucy, Caroline, you're the host of the Trans-Atlantic Conversations podcast. How did that happen? Well, it happened because I'm a very loud and outspoken bitch on Facebook. Um, I have a bit of a, apparently I'm a local celebrity in random locales. I know lots of really good connections and Caroline had saw my posts um, and let's just say my posts are typically off the rails. They're either incredibly sexual, they are incredibly left-leaning. Um, some have gone so far as to call me a dirty commie, which, you know, I'd take that as a, ba- a badge Sounds of Sounds like my kind of party. Yeah, that's why you should follow me on Facebook. Um, it's Lucy uh, Balzano, L-U-S-I. And then just Balzano, B-A-L-Z-A-N-O. And um, she was like, hey, I have this podcast. I'd like to interview you. This was before she decided to take her dive into her transition. And I went on uh, her show, which is this show, which is now our show. Um, She asked me some questions. I yacked your ear off for about four hours. She, you know, walked away from it fatigued, but very fulfilled, unlike my sex life, (laughs) and was like hey, let's make this a thing. Let's, would you mind coming back on? And I'm like, oh, without a doubt, I'm always down to clown. And here we are. Very here cool. we are. That's Granted, right. Granted, I was unmedicated back then, so I was much more like, burn it all down, watch it all crumble. Now it's let's join in the crumbling. Yes, I would love to to be the one who lights that fire and the same one who pours that gasoline. So she was like, would you like to come on the show? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. And I saw this also as an opportunity to spread the seeds of discontent. And hopefully we start something that leads to change um, in a positive light, even if that is rebirth through ashes. From the ashes, we will rise. We will. Only I'm going to be the one fist fucking that phoenix mm-hmm. have um, you ever answered the questions you ask everyone at the end of your show um well i have <clears throat> say i'm saving that for the series finale whenever that may be but i was thinking on the cusp of the civil war in 2024 that will happen probably do you really think there's going to be a civil war oh yes i do now, as as is it going to be a civil war, like in terms of what we've seen before? I don't, I I can't, I can't imagine what it would be like now. I think that we are almost we're in a cultural war right now, but I don't think that we have entered uh, a state that's that that would be civil unrest to the point where it would be considered a war among us. If there were a civil conflict within the United States, do you think it would resemble more modern civil wars? Um, I do. Where instead of two opposing sides and different colored uniforms standing in a field, you have lots of small factions all working against each other, destabilizing their country by attacking their own infrastructure. <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, I, I think that's... it'll be the more modern version, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Yeah, that sounds like what's happening now because by by going along with the with, with taking away the uh, Roe v. Wade, you have now created uh, a divide amongst the states because there are multiple states that will literally send you to prison uh, for even being an Uber driver taking your taking somebody for uh, a medical procedure, where other states will gladly welcome you. So that is creating a divide in itself, right there. Well, and I think that um, a framing of will there be a civil war is um, kind of like negating, or not negating, but it's ignoring the reality of the fact that right now we're in a cold civil war. Mm-hmm. This is a cold civil war. There's no shots fired. Uh, well, there all have been shots fired in the sense of like um, that alt-right person who ran over that one woman, um, alt-right people going into black churches and shooting people up. Like right now, it is a cold war in the uh, a cold civil war. There, it's just posturing and doing things that eliminate the rights of some, whereas empowering the rights of the uh, certain classes, like the the wealthy are getting wealthier. Uh, cis white straight males are getting more like power in certain things. Can they have or, more power? Say, for instance. I mean, they can always have more power. Don't, don't, let's not give them ideas, though. But yeah, they already have more power. Think about this. If, it's, if a cis straight male um, sexually assaults, um, or we'll say a cis female or cis woman behind a dumpster, he doesn't even get jail time in some instances. Some instances, that is six months of jail time. Whereas if the cis woman goes out and has an abortion after being raped by that same person, she could face light. So at this point, yeah, yes, they have more rights. They've gained more power. They've, they've gained more rights. They have the right to sexually assault someone, essentially, and face little to no repercussions. Some of them even got uh, probation for sexually, sexual assault. Like, this is disgusting. This is not a system that we should be propping up. This is a system that we should be tearing down. Mm-hmm. That's right. There was a cis, a cis white male who killed four people while drunk driving who got probation and then decided not to show up to, to their probation. And then that was the only thing that got them put in jail for like, what was it, a year, four years? Like, no, nah, like to say that they don't have more rights is erroneous. They have a lot more rights. Like, I can't even fucking jaywalk without a cop trying to, you know, either murder me or beat me. But these people can literally do egregious atrocities and get slaps on the wrist. Like, yeah. yeah. Now- you use the term they a lot. When you think about a civil conflict today, who do you think would be involved? Who would the sides be? And oh, there would be there would, two. There would not be only two. I I believe that with the diversity in this country it would be it would be once once the two main uh part political parties, which would be conservatives and liberals, uh, they go at each other. But once that begins to unfold, you'll I begin, I think you'll begin to see smaller communities of 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 rights coming out. And I think we're already seeing that now. I mean we're seeing the 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 unions popping up across the country in the fast food industry to warehouse workers to to a multitude of of different industries. So you know we're seeing it already where where people are are you know beginning to stand up for their own their own thing yes yeah i think also for the uh the the 
right-leaning. I, I don't want to call them the right because they're not in the right, but I'll see, um, for instance, if you look at the alt-right, you've got several different versions of alt-right. You've got some who want essentially an ethno-state. You have some who want uh, minority groups but only in specific roles. You have the traditional conservatives who care more about um, their wealth. Then you've got conservatives who care more about making a theocracy. I think that there'll be a lot of different groups that are, as we can already see that there's a lot so of different groups So it'd be very multifactional. Yes, because right now we see that. We see that there's, the only time that they really don't work together though is when it comes to those really fine-toothed uh, desires that they have. But they all recognize, they all come together to shit on the left, whereas the left has been doing a lot of infighting. Like I see people getting upset at Marxist Leninists and not really giving a shit about working together to solve some of these issues. I literally have friends who are like, I'm not gonna vote because Bernie didn't get elected for the primary, so therefore I'm not gonna vote period because it's all or nothing. And it's like, that's that's not how we stop the, that's not how we put a bandage on, bandage on this wound. Like this wound will not go back without action, but you can only like stop the flow of blood, of blood loss, if we do something and put a Band-Aid on it. And that's your Band-Aid. It's not going to fix the solution or the problem, and it's not going to give you the rights back, but it'll stop you from losing further rights. And right now, that's what you need, that tourniquet. Stop the bleeding. That's the only thing voting will do right now is stop them from getting into a position to continue to take our rights. Because well, at least the other... Take your rights. Like, unless, unless people start understanding that you have the right, you there is a way to remove or justices through a legal sense and that involves the senate unless a mm. whole bunch of fucking people get out and vote for um the democrats and then the democrats actually do something for a change you're not going to see that change but unfortunately the republicans have cut on to that and have gerrymandered the shit out of everything while they have that power because when the republicans yeah. have power they take your rights they do they get evil shit done that they feel is for the greater good when it's not and they go out and they do their shit Mm -hmm. That's right. The Supreme Court's decision is already igniting a wave of legal action, altering abortion access within states. Some experts actually believe that the reversal of Roe v. Wade is likely to trigger battles among states that could be unlike anything we've seen since before the Civil War. NBC News correspondent Ken Delaney joins us now from Washington. Ken, those are obviously very big words. It's dramatic mm. to hear a comparison to the Civil War. I mean, what kinds of legal battles are experts predicting that would sort of make them say that? So, Morgan, we're going to have a situation where not only do state laws starkly differ, but states are actively working to undermine one another in the enforcement of those laws. So you have in Texas, it's already legal for private citizens to sue out-of-state providers who are providing abortions to Texas residents in other states. There is a fear that some states will try to criminalize the provision or the assistance of out-of-state abortions. And then you have states like California and Massachusetts already adopting um, executive orders or legislation uh, forbidding their state officers from cooperating with any investigation by another state of anything abortion related and trying to forbid private lawsuits. So normally states have what's called comedy, where they sort of respect one another's laws. This is the opposite. And when I spoke to legal experts about this, they said the only analog in our history is the decade before the Civil War, when Congress in 1850 passed the Fugitive Slave Act, which required northern states to cooperate with southern slave owners and their bounty hunters who were trying to go and capture escaped slaves who had gone north 
to the free states. But northern states passed a bunch of laws sort of making, the, making it really hard for their officers to cooperate with that. So the states did not respect one another's laws for very good reason back then. And uh, legal experts see a parallel with what is happening now uh, in, in, in the wake of this abortion decision. And, Ken, I mean, if Republicans win control of the White House, I mean, how might federal policy when it comes to abortion change? And, and similarly, if Democrats win control of the state house and some of these conservative or, or even purple states, I mean, can they reverse these new abortion laws? Right. That's another big issue. So right now, the federal government, the Biden administration, is trying to figure out how they can require that everybody get access to an FDA-approved abortion pill, which is used in half of all abortions, or more than half. And it's expected that some of these uh, anti-abortion rights states are going to try to outlaw that, and there's going to be a clash and a court fight over that. Well, if Republicans take the White House, they would, of course, reverse that policy, and they would not try to seek to mandate that, and they would try to reverse a host of other policies related to abortion and make it easier for the states, uh, particularly the anti-abortion rights states, to enforce their laws. And likewise, as you, as you mentioned, you know, the, now the action is really in the state legislature. So if, if Democrats start winning races in these anti-abortion rights states, they can change the laws. Uh, uh, you know, this is about democracy on the ground now. Uh, but what the Supreme Court has created is not this sort of, uh, you know, civics textbook democracy, but a really brutal series of legal battles and political battles in the years to come. All right. I'm Mises Kendalani and joining us from Washington, D.C. Ken, as always, thanks so much for breaking it down for us. But in a similar vein to what we were talking about earlier, um, I get the strong impression that you both consider yourselves left-leaning politically. Oh, I'm I'm at, at the very um, the the rightest I'll go is social democrat. Um, I do agree with a lot of having a lot of safety nets. I believe that um, I believe in taxes. I do. I pay thirty percent to taxes. I think that. Huge corporations should be paying taxes, even though that they don't. Um, when I hear about welfare, I think of corporations because they get money from the GOV. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm very left-leaning. Um, my only source of contention is basically I am uh, conflicted on <clears throat> on uh, gun control because I recognize it is an appropriate response to what's going on in the country. However, I don't see it. Um, being utilized in an actual good format, but as something as being oppressive towards black folk, because look at it now in many of these open carry states. Um, if you're a black person carrying, you could still be shot. Like we can't even carry toy guns without getting murdered. Like uh, John Crawford was in an open carry state with a toy gun that had an orange tip and still got murdered. Like, yeah, that's my only source of contention is for gun control is I believe that I believe in it. I know it works. I, I think that there should be background checks on it, all that good stuff. However, I do recognize that with America's current law enforcement, that would just be used as a tool of oppression. That's why I'm all for like, um, I'm for a lot of things, but I recognize that as a black person, it would be applied to me in a malicious manner. Um, the reason I ask is because I've been asking sort of the same question of a lot of the left-leaning people in my life. And it's, do you feel like you're represented right now? By that I mean, do you feel no. like there is a left-wing party in the United States that's 
I think that it's been I think it's been hijacked with culture wars and that this this idea that human rights should be met for everyone is now a quote woke idea and it has now been that term itself has been weaponized to to denote social progress on any level by by you know denoting what it is we're trying to do by by adding um culture war words and and hot topic issues to stir up people's uh radical ideology i don't really get why they're so opposed to the idea of wokeness would they rather be sleeping they would we know they would that, that that's what so this whole thing was they're they're getting that's... rid of roe v way for that like they they care more about control than they care about your rights these people and the Republican politicians and the more no those politicians do not represent the American people whatsoever they are nothing more than than privileged people that grew up with wealth and except for maybe a hand few uh, but most of them have come through privilege and they recognize that they can utilize they can use uh, a, a language that will unite a certain group of people behind their cause. And that is what a lot of these politicians are doing in regards to the alt-right and the conservatives. Is there is they're jumping on the bandwagon of what's going to rile them up. If you ever saw that episode of Family Guy where Lois stood um, up I and certainly she... certainly have not. Oh, goodness. Well, there is a scene, Family Guy, where Lois was running for governor. She's the wife of the family. And she would go up and she'd, she would talk all policy. And she'd be like, we're going to try to, you know, raise the minimum wage and take care and fix the roads and education. And they were all like, boo, boo. And then she was like, 9-11. And they all lost their minds and they were cheering for her and she got elected and she won. And that's literally what we live in right now in this world is that you say, hey, we need to have human rights met. Oh, my God, you're a woke leftist. But then they come along and they say they say, um, oh, there's perverts. We need to lock them up. Oh, yeah, they get your vote. Oh, you you, you tell them that uh, you say CTR. Boom. They're like, oh, my God we're going to vote for you. You're going to stop critical race theory. Thank God. Like you just say that's all they're doing is they're saying catchword phrases. And that's all it is. And they don't they don't represent any of them, I think. I also think that there's like a very strong usage of fallacious reasoning with a lot of these um, right leaning politicians. For instance, right now, a very big problem in America is gun violence. However, when you go to these places, it's just like what um, Caroline's saying. It's let's not focus on the gun issue. Let's talk about trans athletes. Support. That's what they do. Like, which is more dangerous to America right now? Some, uh, a trans athlete swimming with cis women or children going to school and getting shot? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the, on top of that, the, the, the issue that we're facing, and I had this conversation the other day with somebody in my life where, you know, they wanted to talk about abortion. And it was like, okay, at the end of the day, the science is backed up that this is a safe medical procedure and that this is a private intimate issue of somebody's bodily autonomy. And that's the end. They were like, no. And I was like, it doesn't, you can't, there's no opinion on these things. And when it comes to trans athletes, you know, the science, the, the, the federal commission for, for, uh, for sports related activities 
activity has come out and said that trans athletes pose no threat to anybody in sports whatsoever. And this notion that they that they threaten, you know, trans women threaten women, uh, cis women in sports is is is, is absurd. And and what then the Republicans do, or those of the leaning right, ignore that blatant fact. And they come up and they say this is threatening the fabric of womenhood and that this is an attack on, on, on women and blah, 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 blah. And it's they just literally refuse to acknowledge the science. And then there's people out there that after a while, they kind of experience something that the party was is so against. And they realize that, wow, I was wronging my thinking. And then you'll always get those ones that like, I used to be a Republican, now I'm a Democrat. Like, you know, so it, yeah. Well, yeah, I think um, I think you kind of hit it on the head. They, it's just more logical fallacy after logical fallacy, uh, fallacy in their thinking. Like they don't really give a shit about the opinions of stuff. For <laughs> along that, uh, along the lines of that one meme, that's like you have to expect, respect my opinion, and their opinion will be like two plus two equals five. Doesn't match the reality, but if I have to respect their wrong opinion, then that's how they think... frame it. When they bring up these topics, do you really think it's a logical fallacy? They're just not considering it properly? Or do you think it's more of a tactic to manipulate or distract the general public? So the general public, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Lisa. I think it's both. I think it's both. I think they, I think that they took, it, that was the way it was taught to them. And they wholehearted, they wholeheartedly believe that this is an accurate and logical way of thinking. And then they propagate it to others. I think it's both. I, don't, I think that they recognize at some point, because you'll notice something with Republicans. When a topic hits home to their family, they change their mind. There was a, I forget, I think she was a Republican senator of Virginia. I can't remember. She didn't believe in gay marriage until somebody in her family was denied marriage because they were gay. And then she was like, whoa, this hits close to home. Let me reevaluate. So she was taught it in a fallacious reasoning and she taught it to others and she she knew it was wrong because she had a, a relative who would be affected by it and it wasn't until she they were actually affected by it that she was like hey maybe i'm wrong on this sorry i feel like i'm inserting my own biases into the questioning now i'd like to You're blame not. everything on capitalism i mean capitalism is definitely the root cause of all these issues if we didn't have capitalism I don't think we'd be in as much of the in as much of the sh of the shitty situation as we are today. When I blame the right, it's more because like they wholeheartedly espouse the idea of capitalist principles. That's why libertarians fall under the alt right. Like, let's be honest. There's really one group that cares the most about money, and that's more on the right. On the left, we care more about social progress and the development of all. Money's not more of the issue. Like we see it as like the world should be like Star Trek. You should only want to do a job if you are, want to pursue that job. And that's what I think, you know, with, with the pandemic, I think that kind of exposed the world to a lot of people of what we're living in. We're seeing that with the return back to the workforce, people, yeah. you know, sitting in those cubicles. That's not, you know, and I think what we're leading up to is, and, and we talked about, you know, the capitalism it's like you know when we're talking about the gun issue you know the, the the school shootings you know we'll have republicans saying oh well if we just put prayer back in school or if we just do this or if we just it's like no no no. if we just like address the issue which is guns then we can work on that issue 
Okay, and so the issue with the country is that we're, we're we're like rooted in capitalism, which is where like poverty cannot like it has to exist in order for capitalism to thrive, and for a hand select few people, seven hundred ninety I believe are billionaires in this country, uh, for them to 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 exploit and and hoard that much money, the system is working for the people that it's supposed to work for. And I think what we're yeah. going to see, the civil war that we speak of is is not only a cultural one, but also of, of a system that is going to collapse because I think not only is the country itself, the systems in place going to collapse, but the system of capitalism itself will fall and we will recover and adapt in ways that that I think will test, like, you know, they'll be, it, this, this is like a history book moment. So many history moments right now is about to happen so like world war three probably who knows like i can't you know it's just like it is yeah we've seen it we've seen it before but now we're going to see it in the 21st century versions so and and then a plus climate change so everything in the past plus then climate change well and you can see it in many of the the issues we have today like people talk about world hunger like the reason world hunger exists is because of capitalism we mm-hmm. produce enough food to provide for more than double the population. However, because it's not um, beneficial monetarily to spread this food around, we don't do it. We have the tools to make it to where no one has to work or live in poverty, but we won't do it because there's no money in it to be had because so many people are wrapped around the idea that capitalism is the best way, and it's not. Capitalism is one of the worst fucking methods out there, but. You just have people who have been indoctrinated to it who think like, oh, one day I'll be a billionaire. Chances are you won't. Like Not, there are yes. 313 million people in the States. And if only close to 800 of them are billionaires, your your likelihood is going to nothing. And the biggest thing about, you know, we talk about this this fight for a better world is that a lot of us is, is that we're not going to live in that yeah. world that we're wanting to see and so it's like planting a seed to a tree that will never reap the shade from and you'll have to like you know come to an acceptance and i feel like i've come to that acceptance where like i know that like fighting for a world where like capitalism isn't the way and we can like enjoy what's left of this planet is is a goal and to ensure that maybe we can stop things before they get really bad to where like it's super super irreversible beyond what it's already not and and try to ensure a better world for those to come. And that's what else am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just enjoy this hellscape while I can, or or should I try to enjoy what I can while fighting for the betterment of humanity so that the next generation doesn't have to suffer as fucking much as we have? So Caroline, yes. how did I get here? How did you get here? Uh, you invited me to yeah. appear on your podcast. Um, why? Because you have a similar set of, like, there are trans people out there who don't think like us, who don't have the ability to recognize that shit's wrong, and we all have shared, like, goals here. You want to see a positive change. You want to make a difference, and so do we. We have mutual friends here in the Fort Wayne Metropolitan, and I noticed that you would like some of my posts, and so then I invited you on the show because anybody that likes my content is somebody that probably will vibe with the show. Yeah, because that's a stipulation for both myself and Aria. We want people, like, if we're going to be on the show, 
there has to be no bad faith actors. So Caroline said that you are a good faith actor in the stuff that you believe, that you um, are left-leaning and that you want positive change. Now, if this was a, hey, this was somebody who I don't know is left-leaning and wants positive change, neither of us would show up to that because that's not, I'm, we're not looking to debate. We're not looking to argue. We're looking for people who want to change things in a positive direction mm -hmm. through action, not like inaction. And other, if she had said otherwise, we none of us would show up. The only reason Arya is not here today is because she has a friend who is in need of her and she's making a long distance travel to get there. Mm. Otherwise, she'd be here too. Yes, Aria mm -hmm. is, is a phenomenal. I wish Aria was here to answer some of your wonderful questions because she, there, you know, without without Lucy and Aria, there, this show would not. I would have Aria fallen into the, the You can think of it as like I'm the carpet bombing of a topic. Aria is the guided missile. She comes in and she dissects it with logic and reason, and that's why I brought up logic so much. Is because she's the logical one. I'm the one who's like, no, your feelings are more important. Burn this shit down. Mm -hmm. Aria is the one who's like. No, you can't burn it down for this reason. Look, if you light this building on fire, there might be somebody working there who's a janitor. Consider the janitor. Whereas I'm like, the janitor has two legs. He can run out the building. And then she'll be like, what if the janitor doesn't have two legs? You're being ableist. And I'll be like, oh, shit, you're right. Ari is like <laughs> a very smart person who makes very logical decisions. <laughs> I work on pure fucking emotion. Yeah, well, and I try to be. I'm sorry, didn't get a chance to talk to her. She sounds very interesting. Oh, you're she welcome amazing. to return. You two have a very similar disposition. Sidi, can you add me to Facebook later or something? I just did a moment ago when you brought it up. Oh, cool. Okay, great. So this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Lucy, for being here today, as always. It was a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine. It was great meeting you. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye. 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 Because I'm a communist slut. Oh my god. Yes! Power to the people! Let's get our Rashinkas and do the Russian leg dance. <laughs> Comrade. I love it. Yes. Yeah.